This is Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the undetectable Caleb Coy. Caleb, how are you? <laughs> I was expecting something else, and that threw me, and I love it. What were you expecting? I don't, I don't want to ruin it for a possible future one. Fair enough. <laughs> but hello, I'm here. Hi, that's, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're all here. <laughs> I'm glad, too. Uh, Caleb, you brought a, another guest this week. Yes, uh, I did. So th- with us this week is uh, another St. Louis uh, native uh, musician, Beth Bambara. Uh, Beth, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. This is uh, I've never done anything exactly like this before, so that's exciting. Neither, neither have we, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll all learn together. Very happy to have you here. Thanks. Yes. Just trying to not die of boredom over here, so... This yeah. is helping. Yeah. Um, so uh, what we've been doing the last, uh, well, for a good chunk of the last like month or so, uh, since uh, musicians all around the world are at a point where it's really hard to do what we do, uh, we want to try to change up the format of the show and really put the spotlight on uh, artists. And so uh, it's really awesome that you agreed to, to come and join us. Uh, I had already wanted to talk about uh, one of your records. And so again, the opportunity to, to bring you on to talk with us about it is fantastic. And uh, to kind of chat about what, uh, what these days have been like for you. Hmm. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to kick it off with a record that you selected. So uh, tell us what we just heard coming in. Uh, so that was track one off of the album Weight is Gift by Not a Surf. The song is called Concrete Bed, and I just really like how the first track, right off the bat, it just comes out with this driving energy. And um, yeah, I think that's just a cool way to start a record off. Yeah. Um, I love this record. 
So when you picked this one, I got so excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, and yes, yeah, so like this song, like you said, it it just comes right in, like so driving and so energetic, and it, like it's a really upbeat song, and like he's like he sings so earnestly. Mm, yeah, I love it. it kind of sets a, a tone for this record. Like this is gonna be. Uh, not necessarily like happy all the time, but a very like positive focused record. And like, that's so, so like, I almost want to say so rare. Yeah. I think uh, another thing that I, I really like about this song is, is it's pretty, it's, you know, pretty straightforward, even, you know, uh, music wise, but also, you know, lyric wise, um, the, the course is just blatantly obvious. Right. It's so simple, but for some reason, just hearing that honesty and simplicity, um, you know, when I went back and listened to that, like now it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to hear that right now. You know, <laughs> it's, it's such a great message to find someone you love. You've got to be someone you love. Yeah. Like wor- start with yourself. Mm-hmm. This was a fun one for me because I had never listened to Not a Surf before today, if you can believe it. Oh, man. I can believe it, actually. Which I'll say, I'll say why. I'm not sure if, if, if I should later. be insulted by that or not. <laughs> I'm wondering if this was another casualty of your, uh, your angsty punk days. Oh, it absolutely was. Okay. <laughs> well, see, though, for me, those days kind of like overlapped. Well, like I, I hung out, you know, when, when Not A Surf kind of broke on the scene. Okay, we're talking 1996 is mm-hmm, when their mm-hmm. first um, big song kind of hit. And it was all over MTV. Um, that video, you know, kind of fit with that whole vibe of the 90s and high school and, you know, the cheerleader crowd and the, the football players and all that. Um you know, and the, those movies that came out in pop culture in the 90s kind of capturing this, you know, what it's like to grow up and come of age and be a teenager and navigate all these crazy feelings and whatnot. But so, yeah, the the song that everybody knows of Not A Surf, if you do know them, is the song Popular, which mm-hmm. 1996. And um, <laughs> it's crazy because um, they've been writing songs ever since but a lot of people just kind of blew them off as a one-hit wonder band you know because of that song but this album that we're talking about now the weight is a gift that came out almost 20 years after (laughs) popular came out (laughs) 20 years and this band is still making records and awesome yeah and i i love that i love that so much I actually, um, I kind of wrote them off for a while because I wasn't that into the, the song Popular. And then I, it had to have been shortly after uh, this record came out. Somebody, I don't even remember who I want to be able to like properly thank them. Someone got me into uh, this one and Lucky. Okay, and yep. It was this moment of realizing like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's I mean, always fun. Admittedly, popular is a really kitschy song. Um, but yeah. th- and that's not even how I got introduced to, to Not a Surf. But anyway, all, all that aside, I kind of totally hijacked the uh, conversation from Kitsy. Sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. You're you're here to to be the guest and talk. I'm just 
an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I don't even know that this was a casualty of my angsty punk days where I wouldn't listen to anything that wasn't punk enough. Um, I don't know that I've, that I ever heard of this band until, uh, I, for some reason, this band reminds me of your brother, Caleb. And I don't know if it's that I saw him wearing their shirt once or if he listened to one of their records once or told me to listen to them and I never did or something. But, uh, yeah, yeah, probably that, that's probably all of the above. Yeah. But like Josh Coy immediately sprung to mind when I saw the name of this band, I was like, Oh, I think I was supposed to check them out like 10 years ago. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'm late, <laughs> but here I did it ago, finally. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well, and he did just recently do that, uh, cover video. Yeah. He, he, he did the thing, all the, the cool bands are doing where they just record each individual track. Uh, and then also video them doing it and release it as a. a oh yeah, a I saw that. They did a good job recording. of that. Is yeah. the song yeah, he, he did on this record? Yeah, it's the uh, third track. Always love. Okay, uh-huh. there we go. Because I was, that was driving me crazy. Because I was I was listening to it earlier today, and I was like, wait a minute, why do I have a memory of of Josh Coy singing this song? I don't understand. <laughs> because where is this coming happened. from? Because it just happened. <laughs> He did a really good job, too. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I don't know why I say that with a note of surprise. Of course he did, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> fucking wizard. <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> not even a little um, bit. I love that track, though. It's Always a great love. song. Yeah, we can um, talk about that one next. Let's do it. To make a mountain of... Your life is just a choice But I never learned enough To listen to the voice that told me Always love Hate will get you every time Always love Don't wait till the finish line
Always Love is another super positive song, but like the tone of it is like a little bit more like, not sad, but a little bit more low key and, and like kind of downish. Um, but I love that it's got this like really like chill intro into like this huge verse. Yeah, it's Just really like, unassuming. Boom. It's totally unassuming, yes. right? So yeah, it. It's not like so it's it's electric guitar when it starts, but it's this like pretty kind of picking, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, but it kinda in that way it makes me it kind of makes me think of a folk song a little bit. And then yeah. and it's that that first verse and then the first chorus, and then all of a sudden, right when the second chorus comes in, it just drops and it's like big and unassuming so and good. I love it. Yeah. Feels and great. They, they- Call back to that at the end with a refrain of that uh, intro part, uh, and then right back into it with the, the chorus. Mm-hmm. In the vein of like, you know, big guitars, and it, it just feels big and good, and it's yeah, it's a it's a feel good vibe, and that's kind mm-hmm. of what I love about this album as a whole is it's got those elements of being kind of heavy, but then there's these simple kind of almost like pop pop rock melodies and then and it kind of just flows really nicely from that into these more kind of mellow vibes that just kind of seep kind of through your being and um it captures a lot of this raw emotional energy from like like from the highs and then kind of mellows out and it's it's really nice emotional roller coaster i feel like so Yeah. yeah when always love starts and it's like chill and kind of pretty and then just drops and then the the fact that the the lyrics um always so love yeah hate will get you every time it's it's just so positive and and the combination of all those things is really why i love this album it's funny because in the context of these songs they're so like like powerful and deep uh but i could also picture them being on like someone's like suburban house wall as like a cross stitch yeah yeah always love (laughs) hate will get you every time yep (laughs) to be some (laughs) to find someone you love you've got to be someone you love (laughs) i'm doing that man i'm gonna start not not a surf lyric cross stitch yes there has to be a market for that there's gotta be i'm gonna find it (laughs) And have like little like like classic like country homes and like flower wreaths and stuff. <laughs> like really cheesy stuff. Oh, it's uh, so good. It will, it's going to be great. You just wait. Fun fact that I, I noticed about this record is that it was uh, at least in part recorded at the Hall of Justice in Seattle, uh, which Kitsy, uh, the photo album that we just discussed uh, last week, uh, yeah. was also recorded there. One thing that I always uh, like never quite figured out until like I actually took the time to read the lyrics is what he was saying uh, in that in like the the last part of the bridge and the outro mm-hmm. uh, where he's saying "Hey, you good ones." Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I don't. That's what I thought it said, but like it also doesn't make any sense. So in my mind, it yeah. was always something like "Hey, you were good once." <laughs> Which is a lot less positive. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> I've been held back by that. I mean, you were good once. <laughs> now, though, oof. I've been held back by something. Yeah. Um, 
I love when the like the like, little vocal things that people uh, throw in uh, as like they just like in in the moment it just feels right to say it or like it it fills the space or uh, it's just kind of like vocal noodling. But mm-hmm. then people write out lyrics and they write that stuff out. Mm-hmm, like, yeah, y- yeah. There probably wasn't a written part of the lyrics when he wrote this song, but now it's forever immortalized as such. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that when I write, when we like write lyrics for the credits and the the album credits and lyrics, if those things get in there or what. I'm going to dig through know. every one of your songs you are, and you're find gonna, out. You're going to rip it apart. <laughs> I'm ready. We should get back on track. Speaking of on track, what, uh, what track are we on? Yeah, uh, let's go to track five, Your Legs Grow. If you were here, baby, we'd increase the dose There was no fear in my room when we got close Call me anytime You've got a ghost And you're the This is we're just following in in this vein of kind of positive, optimistic um, ideas here. Um, I don't know how much do you know that much about the lyrics of this song, Caleb? Uh, this is one of my favorite songs, yeah. like just in general, like especially on this record. But uh, yes, this is kind of a, a go-to for me when uh, I'm feeling kind of sad but don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I um I read this interview with Matthew Cause, the lead singer of Not a Surf, and he was talking about kind of what he was thinking and feeling when he was writing this song. And he he talks about this idea of like someone or yourself being in water and feeling like you're gonna drown. 
and that sounds mm. pretty dire, right? And, and feeling, so like that's a specific situation, but really he's talking about any situation where you feel like this is the end. I'm, if I have to do this, I'm going to die. Or like, I just cannot, there's no way I don't see any hope in this situation. If this happens, I, I'm done, you know, like just completely hopeless. And, Mm -hmm. um, so he, he said he had this vision of somebody like drowning in water. And then, um, all of a sudden, like their legs just get longer, their legs grow so that they can stand up and and walk, mm-hmm. take themselves out of this situation and be okay. So, like, to me, that's like a, wow, that's a really powerful um, image. Yeah, it, it kind of gave me chills. <laughs> uh, I love the line from the, uh, the first verse where he says, call me anytime, you've got a ghost. You're the only person in the world I feel that way about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... That connection of like no matter what's going going on, like you know things are rough. You're you're scared. There's a literal ghost in your house. Give me a call. Uh, yeah. Which having been there, like you need that person that you can call when your house is haunted as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Man, um, I feel like when this song starts, it's another thing of kind of like a well, this isn't unassuming like always love but that it's this like kind of the synth intro mm-hmm. um and and it just feels so warm and i feel like i'm being wrapped up in this warm blanket yes and the melody is just so comforting and okay i'm just gonna keep going <laughs> keep going yeah, and then go. like halfway through the song there's like there's like really subtle strings but then they add an effing flute how do you you know i i think how like adding a flute to a song and making it work i think it's a hard thing Um, it's a bold move it's bold it's bold but they then this flute comes in halfway through the song and i'm like oh my god how did they pull this off they did it and it fits and it it sounds great i also love like you know the whole thing is very like very slow and moody and thoughtful and very string driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's this outro, which oh yeah, uh, the outro, man, like, the outro. It it has this note of like optimism to it. Uh huh. Like we're like we've we've gotten past this. We're out of the water and like we're walking away, shivering a little bit, but like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's this. It's a full minute of just like a slow kind of swell and then it just like ends on this it's just a really feel good kind of triumphant note caleb do you have a one that that you're just really raring to talk about or do you want me to pick one i think it's more than appropriate to talk about blankest year yeah i was gonna say that (laughs) i agree blankest year (laughs) It's just a feel-good anthem. Just fuck it. I mean, <laughs> comes in handy right now, I think. <laughs> Except we can't just have a party. Well. I don't know. Someday soon. Very soon. Very soon. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I feel like in general, just the, the mood of this song sits somewhere between uh, where we currently are and where we want to be. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Everything is just like 
blurring into the same, like, you know, I had the blankest year. I saw life turn into a TV show. It was totally weird. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I feel like we're, we're all kind of at that point, you know, mm-hmm. the time don't move. We're the only ones who do. Um, and, you know, it, eventually you have to say, fuck it. And just like do something, anything. Yeah. Throw a party. Anything. Throw a fucking party. Start a podcast. <laughs> Start, Start a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> you know, yep. like you do. So this song or this record, start to finish, is just nothing but bangers. It's a fantastic record. The biggest problem that I have is that I always forget how good the last few tracks are mm-hmm. because I get to this song and I'm like, yep, that's again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. just jam out to it until I'm like, oh, well, and, you know, if I was driving, like, yeah, I'm here. Or, you know, if I'm walking to work in the morning, I just ended up listening to this song like four times in a row and like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're talk- talking about the bangers on this this record for sure. Um, I feel like the the great thing I love about it is there's those like Blankest Year um, it's just really upbeat and, and almost like this urgent, like urgency of just like, yeah, well, fuck it, you know? Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I feel like I can be in a point, in a time span of listening to this record, I can be like driving like 90 miles down the highway with the windows down and just like that feel. And then like, then there's like, you know, it, it, comes down and, and is, gets a little more mellow with like the track your legs grow which we talked about and then um yeah it's just yeah there are bangers and this is song, this is a good one it also really highlights how fantastic the bass lines are on this record the, yeah the parts and the tones mm-hmm. uh, are just fantastic and this like it just it's a really kind of like choppy staccato guitar part. And so the bass is just walking all over it. Just like it feels like you're dancing at the party. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's a good description. I like that. I still don't remember exactly how I came across the stuff, but I have memories of the time that I briefly lived in North Carolina with my parents. And I fucking hated the town that we lived in. So I would go out for long drives all the time out on the highway and I would put on this record and you know this song in particular and just like let go. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's something comforting about uh just kind of in embracing the nothingness, embracing the shit and just being like, all right, this is what it is. And yep. Here we are. It's it's funny the first time I heard that song I was like, what? What is the name of this song? Because I was like, they can't just call it the song. Is the song just called "Fuck It"? <laughs> like, like what? And then I'm like, oh, it's called "Blankest Year." Right? Okay. This was another one that at first I kind of wavered on, like, what is he saying? Because it almost sounds like he could also be saying "Fuck Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> or because there's the little callback, so he could be saying "Fuck It" and the callback of "Fuck Yeah." Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, I want to hear your version of the song that way. Um, <laughs> we can outro on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so we'll hear a bit of Blankest Year by Not A Surf. We'll hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to talk about best latest record, Evergreen. Stay tuned. Oh, fuck yeah. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. Join us on the Superpod HeroCast as we drink beers and talk about movies with capes. Superhero movies. The good, the bad, the mutants? Sure, let's go with that. From Batman the movie to the latest blockbuster. Great movie? Sweet. We'll tell you why. Absolute bomb. We're going to watch it anyways. And our misery is your entertainment. Get the latest episode, grab your cape, and join us on the Superpod HeroCast as we save the universe. One superhero movie at a time. Been holding this inside Trying to keep my head high Breaking down behind the door When I can't hide this anymore Doesn't matter where I go I only cry 
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I'm still Kitsy, and Caleb is still undetectable. Can't find me. Can't find him anywhere. No. And uh, we still have uh, a special guest with us this week to talk about her new record. Uh, Beth, do you want to give us a little, uh, you know, s- say something? Please help me. Save me. Oh, my God. I don't know why I'm uh, so bad at this today. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Do words. That's okay. Words I'm, are hard. I'm it's bad. been a long week. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you want me to say something about myself or the album or... You just just you go. Know. What Go with what feels right. I'm just real bad at talking about myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, I live in St. Louis and make music, and I've been doing it ever since... Uh, I got a a driver's license and was driving all over the state of Michigan where I grew up with uh, various bandmates playing shows. And, you know, I always, I guess I didn't really think about what would happen later on, but um, ever since then, I've always been in a band and it's uh, it's been a wild, fun ride. And now I'm here in St. Louis on this podcast with you guys. And we are right so on. glad to have you. But yeah, um, thanks. I um, put out this album we're going to talk about, Evergreen, um, this past year. So it's still it's still new and fresh to me. Um, yeah, that's about it. And uh, so coming back in from the break, we just heard the first track, right? Yep. That's uh, I Only Cry When I'm Alone, mm-hmm. which uh, we... Men talked briefly earlier about you having a, a website because I went went to looking uh, for your lyrics, uh, and uh, there's a, a video for this song right on the the splash page. Oh yeah, yep. Um, there did you have you seen the video? I feel like I watched it when you. Well, I say I feel like I definitely watched it when you released it. I didn't watch it again today because I just pulled up the site and saw it and sure, sure. Like it would it would it would kind of be a little rude to just be like i'm just gonna watch this video while you guys do the podcast <laughs> well so here, here's what we'll do caleb um put the video on and just give us your like minute by minute commentary <laughs> oh god well just describe the video gorgeous. for the podcast it's a Looks double like a video which is the hard thing because then you, but then you would be talking about two songs looks like a very cozy room very bright and <laughs> oh, he's airy. Doing it. <laughs> kind of mid-century vibes to it it's like kind of lush carpet. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. All right. Anymore. Yeah, no. That guitar is gorgeous, though. A telly. Thanks. I yep. love a good Telecaster. Yeah. We both do. So uh, this came out, it was just last year, right? Yeah, it was this past August. Yeah, because I remember when you were doing, uh, you did a uh, like a crowdfunding campaign to mm-hmm. uh, get the studio time and get it released and everything. Yeah. And uh I have to say that this uh, record is one of the reasons why I'm like super mad at myself that I haven't yet bought a, a record player because, like, I specifically chose that tier of the, the crowdfund because I I wanted this record on vinyl because uh, I, I know yeah. I know what your music is like and I know that to put this record on and just sit back and let it play on on vinyl would be just the perfect experience for it. Mm. Yeah. Well, you better better get a record player soon. I, I really need to. Uh, you can just is, send me the record and I'll play it and describe it to you. Yeah, I'm yeah, not that do sounds that. good. Yeah, just send them a video of you listening to yeah. the record. There we go. No, the the record itself though is actually really cool. The one that 
Caleb has is um, like limited edition for for crowdfunding backers only. It's clear oh, yeah. vinyl with yellow splatter. It's um, really cool looking. <laughs> yeah, and um, then the the regular ones now. <laughs> you know, if you buy a record at a show, if shows ever happen again, um, it's it's mustard yellow, solid yellow, which very much fits the uh, the overall. Uh, color of palette of this uh, record from the artwork. Yeah, it's fun. Indeed. Yellow's fun. Um, I, I do appreciate that uh, in spite of the record being called Evergreen, you resisted the temptation to use a lot of green in the imagery. Yeah, yeah, that was intentional. That, I like that. That would just be too easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the obvious choice is not the right one. Yeah, very true. Only Cry is a really like killer opening track, though. With that, um, the lead that you bring in, and then reference reference later at the end, and that like really punchy bass line, and like the like I was listening to the guitars, uh, and just like there's so much like sustain, and the cleans are so bright and airy, and the dirties are crunchy, and it's like ah, uh, it's just it's such a good feeling sound. Mm, thanks. Yeah, I <laughs> I like that. I like that about it. I like the space. A lot that's in the verses. There's a lot mm-hmm. of space there, and yeah. um, and I think for me that was kind of intentional to give this feeling of um, kind of aloneness, like just me and my voice is just out there. It's 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 just me and my voice, kind of um, that. Yeah, that space. I think for me that helped create that feeling. And I mean, you've got these just absolutely flawless harmonies too. Then. Like really add to the sensation. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for making this record. <laughs> yes, oh, thank man. you. And you, for talking about it with us. You can't see it, but I'm blushing <laughs> real hard right now. <laughs> well, if I may, I might try to make you blush even harder here. So okay. uh, we'll see how this goes. Hopefully good. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to set things up, huh? <laughs> I can just see the look on your face like, oh, God, where is this going? <laughs> where is this going? Uh, so I got, uh, on my first listen to this record, uh, I got some Amy Mann vibes off of this. Mm. Yeah, I, I love her. Okay, good, good. I was, I was so worried to be like, oh, she sucks. I hate her so much, which would be weird. <laughs> That'd be so weird. Um, now, How dare you? Now, full disclosure... The only Amy Mann I've really listened to, like, more than just in passing, has been that record she did with Ted Leo, uh, The Both, Mm. which is amazing. If you haven't heard that, check it out. Uh, But I got such a vibe that reminded me of her stuff on that record that I kept expecting to hear Ted Leo come in any minute. And he never did. And And he never did. And that was a little disappointing. That son of a bitch. So uh, it's never around when you need you, him. You clearly, your next move is to make a record with Ted Leo. I think this is what you need to do. Wow, that's genius. That's. I would be into that. I would be yeah. very into that. I'll see what I can do, guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ted, if you're listening, hit Beth up. Let's make this happen. <laughs> he definitely listens to our podcast. I know he does. It doesn't miss an episode. Never. <laughs> In fact, he's the first one tweeting at us when we don't put it up on time. Maybe he started the rumor about the uh, the social name. Oh, I hope not. God, God damn it, Ted. Mm. 
Anyway, Ted Leo, yeah. Uh, kept expecting to hear Ted Leo pop in for some harmonies, uh, which would have been super cool. But uh, even without Ted Leo, it's still a fantastic record. Thank you. I do. Thanks. Every now and then on this record, do hear a guy's voice. Is that Kit? Um, or is that yeah. Just... I think, yeah, Kit is singing some harmonies. And then I think there's one where if there's like a third harmony, it's our guitar player, Sam, our other guitarist. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So like what? what is your, uh, I guess we can... Not lead this into whatever next track you want to talk about, but like, what's your what's your process like? How do you write? Like, how do you approach writing a record, or do you mm. do like individual songs? Yeah, so for me, writing is this kind of weird process that never happens the same, <laughs> and it's and it's really frustrating and annoying sometimes. But um, so for this record. Um, I had, I guess, kind of started writing it when I wasn't planning on writing a record. I had taken some time off and just kind of went went away for a couple weeks in Colorado and just, you know, get a fresh of, fresh of breath air. Yes. <laughs> As you do. As you do. <laughs> um, breath of fresh air. And, um, yeah, just without an agenda. So... You know, I was there and um, got to spend a lot of time in nature, which was really rejuvenating. And then, um, lo and behold, you know, I just started getting a few song ideas in my head. And um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of when I really started um, putting together some ideas for the album, then um, took that back home and then had a period of probably about three months where it was a more focused like songwriting um, priority to like work on the record. So um, yeah, that, that just would start with me making voice memos on my phone and then the voice memo, maybe I would kind of get a few lyric ideas to go with that. So like normally when I write it's, it's the, the music comes to me with like a melody the chords and melody and maybe a specific rhythm. But then um, the words are always what generally comes last for me. So um, I was able to take those song ideas and kind of um, have Kit co-write the lyrics with me. So some, some mornings, you know, we'd wake up and say, okay, this is a songwriting day, make coffee, sit at the kitchen table, take this rolls of butcher block, paper or, or like that brown craft paper that comes on yeah. these big rolls, just like rip a big piece of that off, put it on the kitchen table with our coffee and pens and just like brainstorm right. And um, so that that was um, kind of the process for a lot of the songs. So you, you both pretty much went all in on doing music or like music adjacent things uh, a few years back, didn't you? Yeah, it's been... I think it's been coming up on five years and you know, it's, it's this amazing thing where you have something you really want to do and pursue, but you're not quite sure how it's going to happen, how it's going to work, the logistics of it. But I mean, for me, I found that, you know, I just had to kind of take that step. I had to jump without knowing <laughs> you know, what was going to catch me. 
And I, I'm kind of convinced that if I didn't ever do that, I wouldn't be where I am now. So, um, it's, it's scary sometimes, but, um, ultimately it's been amazing and super rewarding. Am I correct, like, in reading in, into this, uh, in the third verse of Tenderhearted? I got a tenderhearted lover who feeds my soul Knows how to make me smile when I just don't wanna Dress my teeth in the middle of the night When we're growing up to play guitar in a rock and roll band, turned your back on the backup plan. Is that kind of like calling out that story of like, fuck it, we're going to do this and like we're going to go all in and, and make it work one way or another? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of it. And, and it kind of really does describe my relationship with Kit in that um, <clears throat> kind of when I, um, at a point where we were dating, he he had just graduated college, you know, have this fancy degree, going to get a job. And um, there was this point where he was like, well, I, that he had an opportunity to go on tour with a band. And he said no to the steady job and was just like, I, I want to do this right now. So he didn't take the job offer and went on tour with a band. So that's, um, yeah. And then it also alludes to kind of, yeah, what we're doing right now together. That makes sense. That's, a fantastic song by the way absolutely beautiful Thanks. and um uh, it it feels like the elusive like truly happy song <laughs> like yeah. it's not like it's not a song that sounds happy but it's really sad it's not a like positive but you know really kind of somber moody or anything like it just feels like a genuinely like th there's a lot of joy in the song mm. that's good <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, good. 
Yeah. No, that song, um, the writing process for that song, y- you know, it's there's always an outlier. Like like I said, normally it takes me a longer time to write the lyrics and I usually write the music first. But this particular one, I was at a point in the album process where I said, you know, I got to I gotta switch this up. Got to switch the process up and maybe I need a um, change of scenery, change of space. You know, get out of the kitchen writing, out of the house. And I thought, well, what better place to try to write music than maybe in a record store? So um, there's a little record store in my neighborhood, Dead Wax Records. Don't know if you've ever been in there, Caleb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's just right around the corner. And uh, one night after they were closed, I kind of snuck in there <laughs> and um, pulled out my guitar and in a matter of, well, for me, what is a short time? <laughs> you know, I think I was in there for a few hours. Um, but yeah, I just turned the lights on, fired up the turntable, listened to a few records, just chilling. And then, and then like this wave came over me and I was like, I think I'm ready to try writing a song. So I pulled out my guitar and... Uh, pretty much wrote Tenderhearted from start to finish right there. That's so cool. Which nice. it doesn't happen very often to me, so but that's that's how it happened. Yeah, I went back there a week later and wasn't able to write anything. <laughs> no. I I could say like never really being able to like recapture that one specific experience. Yeah. Uh and that, I think that makes like the end result that much more special. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about with the with the writing process, creative process in general. It's like you ne- you never know where you you're going to be when something hits you and, you know, you might be pounding away on something trying to f- finish a song and it just might not happen. That song might not want to get written until like, you know, maybe another year. Who knows? Um, but that's that's what I love and hate about songwriting. <laughs> this uh, Evergreen was your was it fifth record? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I see. Um, I'm creeping on your Bandcamp again, which for those of y'all listening and want to support, uh, BethMambara.bandcamp.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, please show some support. Uh, Purchase the stuff if you can. Uh, show some love. Uh, but yeah, on, on Bandcamp, I see five records. And I feel like that jives with what I've, I've seen because I feel like most of these released, with the exception of the, the first one, I think mostly in the, the time since I first met you. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, I should know. No, I think there's <laughs> maybe some earlier things floating around there that um, aren't aren't as official maybe yes because i remember raise your flag and the one before that was from 2010 yep yeah yeah hey doing doing mental math (laughs) (laughs) i would be remiss if we did not at least briefly talk about growing wings Away. And open a 
This song has some of the best slide guitar work I've heard in a long time. Oh my god, it's so good. Sir Samuel Gregg, he <laughs> he is responsible for all that tasty slide guitar. Well, he nailed it. Yeah. There's a couple tracks on the record and this is one of them that just really have like a like classic country ballad feel and I'm not sure if that's what you're going for but like that's what what hit me and it's like it's so like so spot on. Yeah, thanks. I think I was um going for kind of combining this throwback kind of 70s vibe with modern kind of um more modern elements. And um just I got to say that the guys in my band that recorded this with me, man, what what a pleasure it was to step into the studio with them and be able to set set everything up in the in the live room and we essentially tracked it all live um That's awesome. except That's for the so vocals. Cool. So all that guitar that you're hearing totally live. <laughs> That's so cool. It, That's like, phenomenal. It blows my mind when I think about when I think back to us being there in the studio and just like what we were able to do. I mean, I think a lot of that's because, well, one, Sam is so great. Um, he's really um, dedicated himself to kind of tweaking his style for what he feels like serves the song. So, um, but yeah, it was a real, a real pleasure to be in the studio with those guys. And, um, but I mean, it's the most fun I've ever had making a record. And I think it it speaks a lot of like, you, know, you write really good songs and you and Kit write really well together and mesh really well together. And then you just like surround yourselves with really good supporting musicians that like create this huge sound uh, that still feels like it, it feels very you. Like everyone has their elements that they bring to it, but it mm-hmm. all like it all serves to kind of lift up what you've written. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that with them for sure. So. Yeah, Growing Wings. Um, that might be one of my favorite songs to sing um, and to, to play as the band. It's a, it's a fun one for me. Um, and that one, I can give you a quick little snippet about the uh, writing of that. Uh, you yeah. guys remember when we had the 
Super Blood Moon. Was there another one yes. in there? Super Wolf. What was there a, a wolf in <laughs> <Yeah>. there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super Wolf Blood Moon. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I it was that night, and for some reason I couldn't sleep. Um, I've had some people tell me it was you know the uh, the energy of the universe. I don't know. Whatever. Um, could be. I might believe could it. Be. Um, but so I couldn't sleep that night, and it was like. It was probably 3.30 in the morning, and I just was like, ugh, ugh, I just want to sleep. I'm really tired. But then I just pulled out my guitar and um, started writing the beginning of Growing Wings. So nice. Thank you, thank you, Super Blood Moon, for that song. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about uh, going into the studio to record this stuff. Uh, do you record locally, or do you have a, a place that you travel to that you... Um, like to do so we did this one um at the same studio where we also did the self-titled album which has um what tracks it's got like promised land on it um you know that's another album. uh we recorded that one in 2015 so um we went back to that studio because i really wanted to do it live and that's a good space to do it and it is right in um smithton illinois just kind of south of Belleville. Okay. And so it, it's about oh, maybe 45, 50 minutes from St. Louis. Kind of local. Yeah, kind of. It's Yeah, it's regional. But another thing I love about that studio is, well, for one, Dan, the guy who owns it, is just um, a wonderful guy. He's really easy to work with. And um, we already kind of had that working relationship established, which helps. But it's also out in the middle of cornfields. And so there's there's no distractions. It's wonderful. Cuz like doing something in the city or you know there's a lot of good places to make records that are relatively close. Mm-hmm. And um I've even made records in my house before. So um but yeah, doing that it's like okay, it's easy to get distracted, you know. So going somewhere that's kind of peaceful, it, it put me right in the right creative headspace to just jump in and, and tackle the record. So one thing that I've I've known about you is that you're an incredibly hardworking musician. Like you're it feels like you're constantly if you're not writing or recording, you're out touring or you're you're playing local shows all the time. And obviously that's something that you can't do right now. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that you've you've been adapting by doing the the live streams fairly frequently, which is fun. Uh, do you want to talk just kind of <laughs> what the experience has been like of like suddenly finding that you know the thing that you do isn't really possible in a traditional sense? Yeah, yeah, it's really disorienting. Um, I had so the first show that got canceled for me, I was supposed to play a show at the Duck Room here in St. Louis, and um, that got canceled like, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks out, which is pretty sudden. And and I just, like a couple days before the show was supposed to happen, I just said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to like pull out my phone and I'm going to sing to people in my kitchen because what else am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people were excited for that show because I hadn't played in town in a while. And um, yeah, so I just kind of threw myself out there without overthinking it, um, which seems to be my style. But uh, (laughs) 
Uh, Kit is the one who who thinks through things for me. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll get on to that in a sec. But yeah, so I, I just put my phone up and, and played a set for people acoustically. And, and the response was great. Um, people were so just glad that they had a way to connect, even though this, you know, was still new, the sheltering in place and and all that stay at home. Uh, so, yeah, then I decided, like, sometime in the middle of that set, just a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, I have to do this once a week. Mm-hmm. I, I want to. Like, this se- like what else, what else do I have to be working on right now, you know, aside from trying to write some new material but I um so that it's been a really great way for me to kind of stay stay sharp and have something to look forward to and um dig into you know how we can do this better so so that was the first the first one the next one Kit said well I think that I can run all this audio through our home studio rig and figure that out so it will actually you know, not sound like you're singing into your phone in your bathroom or whatever. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that um, wonderful, wonderful sound. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he jumped in and saw that I I was going to do this, and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to help you make this sound and look really good." So we were able to figure that out, and then he also played with me and sang with me on the the next version of the Monday night concerts. And we've been doing it ever since the stay-at-home order has been in place, and the response has been really good. So presumably, uh, the night, day that this airs, it'll be on a Friday. We can expect that uh, people will be able to check you out the following Monday. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. And what time do you do those on Monday? Um, we do those um, at eight p.m. Central. Excellent. And we are. Throwing, throwing around the idea of trying to do something in the middle of the day, like 2 p.m. for our friends that live in other countries. So um, we, were, a good idea. we were supposed to be on a U.K. tour right now. So oh, I'm, no. I know. I'm, I'm really bummed. But so there's been people who were looking forward to us coming over there that, you know, I had a guy um, on a Tuesday morning I woke up. We did the Monday night live stream. And he said, he's like, I, I wanted to see it live, so I stayed up really late. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, That's you so didn't sweet, have to do that because you can go back and rewatch it, you know. But, yeah. It's not so the did, same. It's, I, yeah, it's not. Um, but to see that enthusiasm was really encouraging to me, even though you're not in the same physical space with people. So, obviously, plans are basically impossible right now, but, like. Do you have a thought for like what the future looks like? Ooh. Are you writing <laughs> writing again? Are you like thinking like is there another record on the way? Is there yeah. plans to try to to start touring again when you can? Yeah, to be completely honest, you know, I I thought this would be a this would be a very good time to start writing a new record. Um, and I've just been in this weird funk where it's it's hard for me to see what the future's going to look like. So I feel like yeah. I need to I need to work through some of those things. Um, but then I will hopefully start writing on uh working on a new record. But um as far as live goes, man, who even knows? I've I've had some people tell me uh booking agents, um venue owners like, "Yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to see 
bigger concert venues open until maybe next year. I mean, yeah. the, the crazy thing is nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knows mm-hmm. what's going to happen. So um, one of my other friends who tours a lot, he said, you know, I think we could be looking at people kind of reverting back to house concerts, listening rooms, things that are like under 50 people because they might keep those restrictions. Who, who knows? Um, or maybe that's just a smart restriction to to hold on to. Yeah, we just don't know. So yeah. I'm having a hard time uh, just yeah planning anything um, because there's just so much unknown. I know, like, I can't imagine what it would be like going through this at a time where we couldn't do things like jump on a Monday night live stream and still, like, have some sort of connection. Like, yeah. Yeah. Going through this, like, you know, 15 years ago or however, when I was more actively playing, like, I would have been losing my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really, like, the the big thing that's keeping me um, positive through this is, is that people are tuning in and they're commenting and a lot of them are you know, throwing out tips, which certainly that helps, um, buying merch helps, sharing the music helps, you know, Spotify playlists, that all helps. So yeah, it's that, that's, what's getting me through. Um, it's going to be rough for a little while, but, but we're going to be okay because, um, our legs are going to grow. Yes. Ah, great callback. (laughs) <laughs> uh, speaking of tips specifically, you mentioned uh, Spotify. I saw today that uh, Spotify just announced that artists can set up uh, to take like tips and fundraising and stuff like that through their their platform. Uh, have you looked into setting that up so that people? No, can I got to do that. Do yeah. they want? I'll jump on uh, that. Seems yeah. like a, a neat way to to help contribute because again, like you know, Spotify is great for like exposure, but it's not at all great for artists to make revenue right yeah well that's exciting that's good for them good news is a good one we could all use some good news right now yeah uh, let's let's do that one what the hell why not this is another situation where like i'm not sure what the reaction is going to be but my first impression of this was just big bunny raid energy yeah I can it's get down with that. It's such a groovy, groovy jam, and like that intro in particular, and like when you start singing, it really calls back to like her big hits, and it's yeah. like, it, like I'm I'm gonna get right in your face, right from note one, and like this is a ride we're on. Let's go. Sweet. <laughs> I'm. That's a big compliment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. No. That this one. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, th- this is another one of, of all the songs in the album that this one is super fun for me to sing. One, because for, you know, until it hits the chorus, all I'm I'm really, I do that riff with Sam when he comes in and doubles it, which has that, uh, whenever he, like I'm doing it once t- through and then he comes in and doubles it and it's just like, oh, yeah. I, I love that when yeah so um but the, yeah then the then the for the verses all I all I have to do is sing so I can really like um 
let go of my guitar and it's just hanging there and I can, you know, I can grab the mic, I can pace around if I want. And so it's really, that's a fun one for me to sing and get into. Get to go full rock star on that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of angst in the words and I think you're, you're saying what a lot of us have been feeling over the last four years uh, or longer. Um, kind of the the giving up of uh, I hate to to say sanity, um, <laughs> but like a, a sense of uh, like solidity under our feet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's capturing that feeling of just come on, man, can't you just give me some good news? Just tell me something good, you know. All of this shit is going down and, um, you know, it. yeah, and I wrote that, what, like a year, a year ago. So most of that, those feelings have to do with, you know, the, the political climate mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the uh, circus that we're still in. I cannot believe it. Are you kidding me? But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll stop. Yeah, there. don't get us started on that. <laughs> I'll stop. This there. is not a political podcast. But I like, I like that the the vibe, um, the groove of that song is just it. It kind of it fits with that message to me, and um, I also love that trying to play that song live. I feel like I'm constantly rushing it, and our drummer Mike is just he's holding it down. It's like no, this is a slow groove come mm-hmm. on guys and it's yeah when when we're on it's it feels so good um where's the the line that verse two uh choose yourself a ruler that only measures what it wants and yeah. it becomes a mile and soon north and south are lost and the idea like everything's just just made up and like why why bother with facts why, yeah why bother with reality mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah there's cross uh um, ideas or what? Do you, what am I trying to say? I can't talk anymore. <laughs> what day is it? Uh, this uh, no. this week has been a long year. It's been a long year. Yes, this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, themes. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> now I feel like uh, the song "Good News" also kind of shares a theme with the song "Criminal Tongue." which is mm-hmm. also on the album, so people can listen to that. And, yeah, there's definitely s- similar thematic elements in those two tunes. Thank you guys so much. This has been lots of fun. Thank you so much for coming on our dumb little podcast to talk about your record. <laughs> <laughs> so, Beth, where can we find you online? Um, you can go to bethbombara.com, and that has... Tour, tour dates, which aren't on there anymore. <laughs> Eventually, we'll have some tour dates, hopefully. I tried not to cry when I said that, so I laughed instead. Um, yeah, it, it should have all of the s- streaming concert dates on there. Actually, I, I should update those. But then there's a link to Bandcamp on there, the little merch tab. Um, you can search Bandcamp, Beth Bombara, Spotify. You can just type my name in and it'll pop up. iTunes. That's true. Instagram, Facebook, um, all the, you know, all of the best places. 
Uh, and of course, on BethMobar.com on the splash page is that video we mentioned. Check it out. Uh, the visuals, I think, are uh, pretty uh, critical to what you said you wanted the theme of this record to be. So yeah, uh, it, it definitely helps complete the experience. So Caleb, where can we find you? Oh, sure. So if uh, if you so choose, you can find me on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter, at Caleb Micah. Uh, and of course, you can check out our uh, nightshiftradio.com website to learn about the entirety of our little uh, podcast network, uh, all of the shows that we have on tap, uh, including, uh, I think this week you heard from uh, our newest uh, members, the Superpod Hero Cast. Uh, but Kitsy, what about you? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hey Kitsy. Hey Kitsy. Hey Caleb. <laughs> hey Kitsy. Hey Beth. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Left of the Dial PC. The PC stands for Podcast, not Personal Computer. No matter what Ted Leo. No matter tries what to tell Ted you. Leo says. <laughs> Leave Ted out of this. It's PC stands for Podcast. <laughs> Uh, you can also head to leftofthedial.fm where you can listen to all of our past episodes, get links to everything we've talked about. Uh, yeah, you can do that there. That's where that is. And, of course, uh, make sure that you check out Beth uh, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central for a, uh, a a live stream concert for the foreseeable future. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. You were talking about towers. I was talking about love. They told me about the power. Mine